thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Thank you, Eric, for leading us in singing this morning to all of our men that have uh, stepped up and have served this morning. We're gratefully appreciative of that, of all of our teachers who have taught this morning. Uh, you have made an impact on the kingdom today, and I hope that you realize that. It's so good to see you. Uh, glad that you have joined with us, whether you be with us uh, here in this auditorium or as many of our members are still uh, engaging with us online. Thank you so much for making this uh, a moment that is important to you and a moment that is um, hopefully going to change your life. I am, I am blessed to always uh, get to sp- uh, take a moment and share with you a passage from the Word of God, and I hope that uh, it touches you as much as it has touched me as we have studied together. Uh, we're talking about being an influencer. We're talking about changing the world, being, being an influencer for Christ. There's so many things that influence us on a day-to-day basis. Uh, there are things, there, there are advertisements, there are um, things that we see just around, um, just in our life, that, that, that it, it, it makes us think about certain things, it motivates us to do certain things, it pushes us in this direction or that direction. And the most important thing that can influence our lives and then we can turn around and use to influence others is the message of Christ. And that message is that He loves you, that He cares for you, and that He died for you so that you can have the opportunity to come to Him in a salvation relationship, to have that relationship with Him, be blessed in this life, and have eternity with Him forever. Now, from that particular kind of standpoint, it sounds like it's just about what He can do for you, but it's not. It's a two-way relationship here. It is about once you accept that He is your Savior, once you are baptized, once you have made that commitment and are in that uh, salvation relationship, you have voluntarily said, hey, I'm going to be this kind of person. I'm going to live this type of life. And then there's a certain way that you have to live. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about it in two different ways. The first, we talked about being the salt of the earth. Jesus talks about that that is one of the ways in which we influence other people by being salt of the earth. And, and that that in and of itself gives taste to a bland world. Um, we are to be a moral disinfectant. But maybe perhaps most importantly, as being salt of the earth, we are to create thirst. We are to create thirst in the world around us for God. We are to influence those people so that they will want to know more about God. And then he says, live as light. Be a light on the hill. God chooses us to dispel darkness, to to give guidance to people, and to reveal Jesus for them in their life. Being an influence is so important. There's several passages in Scripture that, that talk about what that influence looks like. It gives kind of word pictures. I'll share a couple with you that I really enjoy. One comes from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. He says, You shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Isn't that a beautiful image? How many of you love going out and just looking at stars? I, it's such a relaxing and peaceful thing. And to see these, these bright objects on a pitch black sky. And he says, look, as we hold out the word of God, that's what we're to be. It kind of goes back to the idea of being a light in the world, that in this blackness of worldliness, 
We step out. We, we look different. We shine a light into people's lives. Uh, another one is that of, of a beautiful bride. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They did that because of the beautiful testimony of the church, the bride of Christ. They saw these people living their lives. They saw these people loving each other. They saw these people living in community with each other in Acts chapter 2. And because of the bride of Christ... People wanted to get to know him, and, and they were saved because of that. And then in our passage that's read for us today, the idea of a patient farmer. The idea of a patient farmer. I guess one of the reasons I never became a farmer is because of my lack of patience. That's something you've got to be patient with. And in our passage that we've read today, we get this image. Jesus is talking about spreading his word. He's talking about evangelism. And he gives us a couple of things that we can kind of hold on to and take with us. And we'll kind of very quickly just kind of make some points about this particular passage and then dive a little bit deeper into some things. But here's the first thing I want you to realize this morning is that every person without Christ is soul to be cultivated. Everybody without a relationship with Christ is soul to be cultivated. Every person with Christ is a seed to be planted. You following me? And then it is normal to eventually reap what we sow. I want you to remember those things, and let's talk about this three-phase process of evangelism. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down, write this down. CPR evangelism. CPR evangelism. Cultivation cultivation is going to be the first thing we talk about, planting and then reaping. CPR evangelism. Let's talk about cultivation. Cultivation is an appeal to the heart through the building of relationships. How many of you growing up participated in show and tell in school? Raise your hand. Show and tell. Do they still do show and tell at school? Show and tell is, is what cultivating is all about it. But really more than anything, cultivating in the evangelism process and using your influence is about the show. It's about showing people what Christ has done for you in your lives. It goes back to this idea of, of being the light of the world. Matthew 5, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now notice, they see your good deeds, but who do they give the credit to for it? They give the credit to God. But now as we talk about cultivation, and we've talked about this through this series quite a bit, but I really want to, to, to kind of just, just stop and talk about it again. Cultivating means spending time with people. Cultivating means spending time with people. It means um, rubbing shoulders with them and letting Christ rub off on them because of the way that you're living. One quote that I read said that cultivating is allowing them to read the book of your life in order for them to recognize the author. They're reading the book of your life. Cultivating is about opening your life as an open book and saying, look, this is what God has done for me. This is how this relationship with God has blessed me. These are the benefits of this relationship, and these are the things that I give back, and this is how I serve Him. Now, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for most Christians. For most Christians, and it's a really big challenge for me in my life, is because of being the minister here at the Ninth Avenue Church, most of my time is spent with church members. Most of my time is spent with people who already said, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. And, and my job a lot of times is more about trying to convince you to give more of your life to God instead of just making that um, commitment for the very first time. 
And maybe you have that same challenge. That the people you're around most of the time are already followers. Maybe they're already believers. They're Christians. But I think if we really sit down and think about the people that are around us, there are people that we can be influencers to. There are people that we can really share with. Now, I love, I love everything that Paul says, but one particular translation translates 1 Corinthians 9.22 to me in a very powerful way. It says, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Listen to that again. That's just a powerful verse. Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Now, why does he want to find common ground with these people? Why does he want to find common ground with someone? So that ultimately he can share what? Share the message of Jesus. That is the basis of all of his relationships. The basis of all of Paul's relationships is to cultivate that relationship to a point that he can share the message of Christ. Have you ever thought about that in your relationships? That the purpose of those relationships is so that you can share the message of Christ with them? It's Maybe it's the guy that works beside you that you never thought in a thousand years would ever think about coming to church with you, but the purpose of you being there and around him, your mission as a Christian is to cultivate that relationship so that you can talk to him about Christ and that ultimately it gives Christ the opportunity to save him. How do we do that? We have to take the initiative with people. We can't just stand back and think, oh, it, it, maybe one day it'll happen. Now, we talked about this before when I mentioned again at first service. Gone are the days that your church worship service is the hub of your evangelism. Okay, those days are gone. The days where people just show up um, just because they think it's the right thing to do, those, those, those days are gone. Most people show up for the first time to visit you as a church family because this was, I read this yesterday, as a matter of fact, an email that got sent to me um, by, by a group. It said 80%. 80% of a first-time guest are going to step foot in your door still today. But even with all the social media, with all the technology, they're going to step in your building because of a personal, individual conversation. Not because of something they've seen on social media, not because you're live streaming your worship service, not because of some great invite that they may get in the mail from you. No, 80% of the people that come and visit you as a church family are going to be there because of a personal, conversational invitation. That means we have to talk to people. We have to take the initiative. We have to be open and willing to admit that we have struggles and failures in our own life. Maybe we've done ourselves a disservice when, when we've put across the action or the attitude that, hey, I'm a Christian, everything in my life is great. Everything in my life is great. Everything in my life's not always great but I'm still a Christian. The Christianity does not mean the absence of trials. It does not mean the absence of challenges. It just means, as we talked about in our class this morning, that now I've got the Holy Spirit dwelling within me, and I have the ability to overcome those things in a more powerful way because of my relationship with God. We need to be gentle. We need to be respectful. And we need to remember what it was like to not be a Christian. And we need to cultivate those relationships. Let's, let's keep going to the next idea. Let's talk about the idea of planting. Planting is an appeal to the mind through communication. In the planting phase, the goal is to expose a, a non-Christian to the fundamental concepts of faith, 
to the fundamental concepts of faith. Now, research shows, and, 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 I, and I like research sometimes when it, um, when it makes sense, it indicates that people who become Christians, and this was a really cool statistic I found, people who become Christians and remain faithful to the church have to have at least five different moments of exposure to the gospel. They have to have at least five moments of exposure to the gospel. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that I may meet someone and I may invite them to come and, and go to church with me. I may try to encourage them. I may share my, my story with them about how Christ has affected my, my life and what that means for me. And that may be their first interaction. But it's going to take at least four more interactions with the story of Jesus for them to begin to think about becoming a child of God. And that's on average. Sometimes it may be a little less. Sometimes it may be a little more. But what that tells me is as a church family, it's important for us to be involved in each other's lives as a church family so that I know that if Gary is talking and studying with someone, that next time that I see them, you know what I can do? I can encourage them. And I can be another one of those contact points that we all are involved in the process with multiple people. We are all engaging them so that we can get to them, get them to that point to where they want to make that particular decision. There's some differences between cultivating and planting. Cultivating demonstrates, planting declares. Cultivating appeals to the heart. Planting addresses the mind. Cultivating is visual, while uh, planting is verbal. Cultivating prepares, planting presents. Cultivating shares experiences, while planting explains them. It is, it is, it is our bio, if you will. This is how we live, cultivating and this is why planting. But then we get to the last idea, reaping. It's an appeal to the will in anticipation of a response. Hey, listen to that again. We're going to break it down and talk about it. Reaping is an appeal to the will in anticipation for a response. In making the decision to become a Christian, someone has to make a willful commitment. It is a, a, a thing that they have to decide to do. You've heard me say this before, and I truly believe it. It was maybe a hard thing to really understand at first, but Christianity is a volunteer business. It's a volunteer business. My job is to be motivational. My job is to be encouraging. My job is to try to share with you, in a way, the Word of God that will convince you that you need to give more to God than you've been giving previously. Whether that means you become a Christian for the first time and start that journey, or I've already made that commitment and I need to really give more to that commitment. But here's the thing. I can't make you do it. You have to decide to do it. You have to decide to accept the salvation that Jesus has to offer. You have to decide to accept the forgiveness that he offers. You have to accept to, to, to receive that grace and, and all of those things that come with it. And then you also have to decide to give back. You have to say, hey, it's not just going to be a one-way street here, God. It's not just going to be what you can do for me. I'm going to give back to you in service. I'm going to go out and be an influencer. I'm going to try my best to make disciples. I'm going to try my best to love like you want me to love, to serve like you want me to serve. And, and it's my job to help motivate you to do those things. But you have to decide to do them. You have to decide to do them. But I also go about my ministry with the idea, with the intention, with the anticipation that you're going to respond. I have within my heart 
this, this goal of if we do this, this is the response we get, this is how we grow. I don't go at it half-hearted. And you can't go at your influence half-hearted either. You have to go at your influence. You have to go at sharing the Word of God with the intention that it's going to invoke a response. Because if you don't, you're never going to give it your all. Paul had this desire to spend time with the Christians in Rome. And so when he wrote the book of Romans, he starts with this. He says in chapter 1 and verse 13, I plan many times to come to you. Okay, he's trying to get there. But why? In order that I might have harvest among you. He's saying, I, I, I've given this time and I've given this effort and I've done this work and I want to see the payoff. I want to see these Christians that have come uh, to, to, to Christ. I want to see these Christians that are giving more to Christ. I want to see the harvest. So here's some suggestions for this stage. Pray for open doors and boldness. Pray, pray, pray that God will open doors for you to share His message. And when He does, share it with boldness, speak with the expectation of reaping. Don't do it half-heartedly and invite people to respond. And what I mean by that is, as you have these opportunities to share the Word of God, don't just share the Word of God, but then challenge them with the Word of God. Okay? Give them the opportunity. A lot of people won't respond if you don't give them the opportunity to respond. They won't give you an answer. They won't make a commitment unless you open the door for that moment. So give them the opportunity to respond. As we close out our time, I want you to think about this. We've been talking about it for three weeks. Our influence is powerful. It makes a difference. We have something to offer the world that nothing else can offer, and that is salvation. That is life eternal. It is an escaping of death. It's hope. It's love. It's forgiveness. Those are, things, those are things that our world needs now more than anything. It's healing. One of my favorite verses as I've been studying this over the last few weeks comes from Philemon verse 6. And it says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith and that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. That's my prayer for you this morning. It is my prayer that you will be active in sharing your faith, that you will understand that you are the salt of the earth and a light on a hill, that you have influence and you have a message. And because of that, that you will be active in sharing your faith. And you will do that because you understand every good thing, not some of them, but every good thing that we have in Christ. So let's communicate our story. Let's have great conversation. Let's plant and let's reap that which we have sown. Let's go to God in prayer as we close our time. God, I thank you so much for the chance to just be in your presence this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to, to talk about things of, of, of eternal importance today. Help to open up our hearts to sharing your gospel, to sharing the good news. Let us reach out and invite. I know we've been in a period of time where we have found it a struggle to invite people to be part of a group, to be in a group setting, God. And that's understandable that, that we've been challenged by, by these things. But help us to overcome that challenge. Help us to get back to a place where sharing our faith is normal, where inviting people to be with us is normal. Once again, God, help calm our fears 
of sharing your word. Just give us peace as we prepare to share our faith. Give us strength. Give us knowledge. Give us a willingness, God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his life, for his sacrifice, for his example. Help us to try to mold our life into him. I know we're never going to be perfect, God, but help us to strive for that life every day. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ, caring for its community.